Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And uh, tonight we are brought to you by Coburg Road Car Wash, uh, where it is never a bad day for a car wash, ever. And you should not leave your home in a dirty car if you live in Eugene or Springfield because Cobra Road Car Wash makes it simple and easy and they'll do that everything for you. And they even have a product you can put on for days like today so that the water just runs off if you have any rain. So they are our sponsor tonight. We can't do what we do without them. And tonight we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. When I ran for Secretary of State back in 2008, um, I learned real quickly that the reason the state of Oregon was so messed up and so out of balance um, in terms of uh, <clears throat> where we are now, it was even better than this. Uh, but we have a super majority. There should never be a super majority of any party, Republicans, Democrats, uh, Green Party, nothing. You need balance in your in your leadership. And Oregon is out of balance. And the main reason that that is the case is because for decades, um, gerrymandering has been going on and the lines have been drawn to favor one party over the other. And I don't know about you, but fairness is really important to me. And um, I don't mind having a good knockdown drag out fight, but it has to be fair. And if you're going to just cheat to get your power, um, that just pisses me off like anything. And that's what's happened in Oregon. And that's why we're in the position when you start really looking at people in Oregon, most of them don't believe what's going on in the state. And that's because uh, the, everything's been drawn out of proportion. So right now the state is going through, in fact, they just got through a session. They're going to go to another one at 530. And that's why uh, Shelly Bossart Davis is here. She's the House Minority Leader, right? No, I am the um, co-chair on the redistricting committee. Okay, that's your position here. Okay, but she's a, a House representative. You're, you, you represent, what district do you represent, Shelley? District 15, which is Albany, Millersburg, and Tangent. Okay, so she's just around the corner, farm girl. <laughs> she understands her stuff. But this is, this is like super important redistricting. I really want people to understand because I think not enough people really get this. And so tell people what's going on right now. Yeah. So right now we're kind of in the final stretch of um, redistricting, right? And so we're in the middle, like you said, of these committee hearings and people, once people realize how important it is, they're all in, but it's kind of this confusing, why do we need to do it now? Somebody said, why are you doing that now? There's other things to do right now, which is also uh, correct, but redistricting is a once a decade obligation. Uh, the U.S. Census comes out. We've seen commercials and we filled out the census and everything. The U.S. Census comes out and it reapportions where um, where we draw the lines, both in our congressional delegation in the state of Oregon and our legislative lines in the state of Oregon, which they're doing it across the country. So we know that there's 435 um, congressional representatives across the U.S. and once we see where that population shifts, they reapportion those. So we've always had five, or at least for multiple decades. And this year, because our population has grown, we now have a sixth congressional um, delegate or a sixth congressional seat for the state of Oregon, which means we've grown. And so one of the things that um, people ask about is why is that important? Well, how the legislature draws the lines affects everybody in the state of Oregon. You brought up gerrymandering. You brought up a supermajority, right? Well, a supermajority means that there's um, more of one party than the other in the in the state house, in both Senate and the House. Well, 
in the that's over 60% of people in the state house are democrats and we're a much more purple state than people realize because you look at you you've seen the races governor right. brown governor brown only won with 50% of the vote when um, Dennis Richardson won as a Republican, he won with 47% of the vote. Um, Joe Biden was um, got 56% of the vote. So we're a much more purple state than people realize. But like you said, it's been gerrymandered over the past 20 years. But you and I have talked about this before. And the best example is Portland, um, where all these rural counties. So one of the things you guys have to look at when you're redistricting is that you have not like-minded, but what is, what's the word? What's the term for you don't take, you're not supposed to take downtown Portland and stick it with Estacada. Communities of common interest. Okay. And I think, and I think that a lot of your viewers are in the Lane County area. I mean, I know they're all over, but Lane County, I think there's a lot of people from Lane County that um, are around you. And to me, that's one of the biggest examples of gerrymandering. So house district 11 currently which might be your district. It I, is. Okay, House District 11 is the gerrymandered district, is the most obvious example of gerrymandered district. It takes in University of Oregon, that South Eugene slice, it goes down to Cresswell, and then wraps around all that farmland and rural area all the way up to Lebanon. So right. if anybody's listening, they're like, what? University of Oregon with Lebanon and Harrisburg and Shed and Cresswell? That doesn't make sense. And right. it's True. What's that community of interest when you have South Eugene, University of Oregon tied with all that rural farmland? Well, if you're a conspiracy theorist, like I guess people are saying that I am, you look at the facts and you say, oh, well, look at that. All those votes in the rural area get watered out by the more liberal votes here. So you don't have a fair representation. And like I said earlier, I'm all for fair and I don't care. I want South Eugene and University of Oregon represented, mm -hmm. but the, the idea behind districting was so that communities to, that are together, those rural areas would vote together. So you'd have a more balanced thing. But even isn't in Portland, aren't there 18 different little rings that go out and then they somehow connect to a Clackamas County or a Multnomah yeah. County or downtown. And so and, and, you know, thank you, Bill Bradbury. That was done, um, you know, by a lot of different people over the years. But this is this is our chance now to try to straighten some of that out. So is that happening? So and, and we see the same thing, you know, to to right the wrongs of the past 20 years. So 20 years ago, Bill Bradbury, like you said, 10 years ago, they did it again. And people will point to that and say there was agreement. It wasn't um, it didn't go to court. It didn't go to the secretary of state. The legislature did it. And it was a 30 30 split. And they agreed. Well, the problem with that is League of Women Voters called it out and said, you guys drew an incumbent protection plan and then everybody agreed to it. So they saved themselves. Um, and if the League of Women Voters are calling them out, um, right. then then, you know, that they're looking at it and it's just illegal. You literally the statute says you cannot draw lines to benefit one party or incumbents. It says incumbents. So it should have been challenged. Um, and it was just continuing that original base map of Bill Bradbury in 2001. So we literally have the chance to right the wrongs from 20 years ago. So is that happening? Because you're in these committees now. Is, is it look like I, I can show people. Um, let's get the let's get the Lane County one up. Yeah. here. Let's do that. So, so we, yes, yep, so these are two. 
Yeah, so this is, so there's been three plans that have been submitted. And so I just took a, some screenshots of two of them just to show people, because I know that Lane County, there's a lot of viewers in Lane County um, or that people are familiar with Eugene. So this is plan C, which is the House Democrats um, drew this. And you can see the city limits of Springfield and you can see the city limits of Eugene. The pink lines are the proposed district lines. So what this one did is they carved into Eugene for let's look at District 13. They carved into that populous area of North Eugene and grabbed a bunch of rural area around it. The same thing with 14, the same thing with eight. They grabbed that part of Eugene. And then you see the uh, the bottom right side of your screen, the southeast where it says Lowell. See where uh -huh. it comes up and carves. So instead of your previous 11 that carves in that area and then goes north, this one carves in that area and then takes Lowell and 58 and goes all the way down. That district's huge, but it takes that population part of just that southern eastern part of Eugene. So you can see it's, it's wagon wheel, however you want to call it. This is diluting that outside rural vote. And unfortunately, it's obvious. It's it's absolutely obvious. So that's that's plan C. And I hope people can see that. I wish I had a pointer. But look, so there's Eugene in the middle, and then Springfield over here. Uh, right under 13. But 13 comes in, it grabs Coburg, but all that rural area out here, Mohawk, and mm -hmm. you're connected in with Eugene there. So now you're you're taking more Eugene votes and watering down the rural votes. Same thing with Junction City and Harrisburg, you're tied in with Eugene, Vanita. So how they should look is Eugene would be a district and maybe a couple of districts, and then you'd have mm -hmm. 13 would be out in the country because that would be like minded Lowell people have very little in common with the, the thoughts of downtown Eugene. And that's what I want people to see. That's why this is so unfair. And that's what's going to happen again, because that's probably what is going to end up passing, right? Well, I, I won't say that. Here, here's where people come in. We're having these public hearings right now, and I want to mention to people if they think it's as egregious as we're talking um, and they say, wait a second, that's not right. We actually have a public hearing starting at 530 today, like in just less than an hour, that you can still sign up and you can still talk to the committee and say, wait, that's not fair. I don't like the way that Eugene looks. Um, there's no way that you should grab this rural area and, and throw it in with Eugene. We have different interests. Um, we don't want to be, we don't want our voices diluted. And every, you can find that at OregonLegislature.gov slash redistricting. And on there, if you scroll down, there's going to be a sign up for tonight's meeting at 530. OregonLegislature.gov slash redistricting. Yep, and you can still sign up. And you know, as we're talking about uh, talking about gerrymandering, did I yes. do that right? Redistricting. Yep, that's correct. So, okay. so Rick, I'm not the only one saying it, right? We've been saying it, and there's been publications that say, okay, maybe this could have been gerrymandered. But the Oregonian just came out with an article yesterday. An analysis by the Oregonian shows that the initial proposals by Democrats who already hold supermajorities in the state house and Senate would generally expand the party's power in the state house by creating more districts with the solid democratic voting edge. So and that's the Oregonian. That's the Oregonian just yesterday. And they also said the house Democrats sketched out an obvious power increase. So if you do the analysis and if you look at it, people know and they're starting to pay attention and to realize what's going on because the maps were just proposed. And so they look at them, they analyze them, they saw what they did and they said, wait a second, they have a supermajority and they're trying to increase, increase that power. 
Somebody just said that link is not working. Did I do that? Oregon legislature. Of slash redistricting. Try dub 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 in front of it. Okay, so uh, Mary Ellen or whoever wrote that on there. Um, Sean Van Gordon is on here. He's the mayor of Springfield. He said, I'm testifying tonight to just that. Good for That's you, Sean. Awesome. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. you guys, and, I, and I'm not taking away from Sean at all because he's a great guy. But this is where the rubber hits the road. You, you want to complain all the time. This is where you actually do something because this committee has to look to you. And if you if you if you are frustrated with what's going on in Oregon, this is the chance you have to get your voice heard. Mm -hmm. um, and well, that's there. There. Thank you. Matt Kendall just put every all the WWs on there for us. So now everything should work. And Perfect. you guys, you know, so so this new congressional seat, mm -hmm. um, where's that going to be? Like, how, how does that line up with um, where's the new area? You know what I mean? So there's been two proposals on that. Um, I didn't make screenshots of that, but the the proposal that the Democrats came together, their joint proposal, I call it the all roads lead to Portland map. They So out of the entire state of Oregon, um, there's now six, right? So you have to draw six districts, four of their districts touch Portland. Like that, That's not surprising to us, but literally they like carve into like pizza slices. So four of their districts, touch Portland, the, just so people have a reference, the, um, the, it's, I, I always want to read what people are writing. Um, the population of Multnomah County is over a little over 800,000 people and congressional districts are about 700. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think 730,000 somewhere around there. But that means that most of Multnomah County can have its own congressional district makes sense. You're not dividing communities of common interest right. um, or looking at just the city of Portland. Um, and the Democrats are trying to slice that up so that they can dilute the rural or outside Portland. And we all know that, you know, if, if we're traveling and, and we say, you know, people say, where are you from? And we say, we're from Oregon. And they're like, oh, Portland. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not from Portland. We're an hour south of Portland, right? It's, it's like Portland and the rest of Oregon. We all don't want to be combined. And in that congressional, um, let's say it's the plan A the Democrats drew, uh, Jefferson County is linked in with like Gresham. And Harrisburg is literally in the same congressional district as Lake Oswego. Like that makes zero sense. It calls all the way down to Harrisburg and Lake Oswego. Like all of us realize that they don't have anything in common. So it's very, very specific um, or, or very what you can see it as soon as you see these maps and you think those are pizza slices. Those don't all road. That's like I said, they I call that one the all roads lead to Portland map. So Nancy says, whoa, now Oregon is concerned with gerrymandering been going on for decades, but it just didn't affect the ones upset about it. Now, Nancy, you're. That's that's your answer right there. The train, uh, Nancy. I know who you are. You're wrong. Um, uh, you're, you're just wrong. And I know you're a Democrat, and you're sticking up for the Democrats. This has been going on for decades. And who's been in charge? How long has it been since we've had a Republican governor? Um, you are out to lunch on this one, Nancy. Um, this has been going on. And here's the deal. Here's what makes me angry about that, Nancy. This is not. Um, me being anti-Democrat. This is, we have a super majority in Oregon right now and it's not working. It's not representing all the people. It's representing one ideology and that is not healthy. And we're here because the Democrats have been gerrymandering. 
Democrats have been gerrymandering since Bill Bradbury, the last person who drew the lines fair, was also a Democrat named Bill Keesling. He was the last Secretary of State who had charge of this. He drew those lines fairly, and then guess what happened? The Oregon Education Association and other unions blackballed him when he tried to run for governor because he didn't do the party business and gerrymander those lines. So that's the cost in Oregon of standing up for what's right. So don't give me this crap about now we're mad about it because it's been happening. It's been happening to Oregon, not Republicans, not Democrats, everybody. It's been happening to us. I'm sorry. That's my soapbox. I get to do that. And Shelly, I know you understand that. But Nancy, don't come on here and play games like that. That's just horseshit. Did you seriously expect ethical behavior or even a minimum of fair behavior drawing election maps? Robert, you know what? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm an idealist. And I do expect our legislators to act like adults and human beings and i do expect fairness to be the, the the order of the day because if you have to cheat to win that's just that's just wrong and that's what's been happening too long in oregon is we're cheating and i think oregonians are done rural oregonians are fed up to hear with this Eight hundred thousand people want to get out of oregon they want to join with idaho that should tell us something that we're not and it's not because they don't like it here it's because they haven't been represented for 40 years and they want representation. And this is the way to get it, to redraw those lines. So you guys want to have a good battle? Republicans, Democrats, Green Party, everybody bring it, come in, come in fighting. Then let's make the game fair and then let the, let the so put the gloves on and let's go for it. But don't put, tie one of my hands behind my back and then say, Oregon's fair. They've been doing it fair. That's just, that's just garbage. Oh, my God. There. That's my soapbox. I am. Um, so, but so you know, what, Rick, uh, you, you said something that I want to pick up on, and that is we need to talk about listening to public, listening to the public, listening to Oregonians and listening to public testimony. So previous and I've been on your show talking about redistricting before. So thank you for that. I'm having to talk about it because it's a confusing process. I absolutely understand. It's an absolute confusing process. But we had public hearings completely um, or throughout the, the session, um, throughout the long session. And we had a lot of public testimony. We have summaries of it that uh, I literally have been looking through a uh, hundred different times. And it, if we were to listen to Oregon and listen to what the people say, it would make all the difference in the world. Um, I'm just, there was one person, um, you probably know her, Marie Bowers, that uh -huh. testified and I um, retweeted her and I just pulled it up. And she said, anyone can put 70,000 people in a district, but drawing them to recognize the unique areas of Oregon that makes it Oregon is a challenge. And I hope you really take all this public testimony to heart. And that's the key. That's the key is listening to the people across Oregon and what makes their area unique and um, different and keep those people together. Uh, that's what we need to do. Lisa K says, I, it needs to be fair across the board. I'm in Eastern Oregon and I don't feel our voices are even heard. I like what Megan says. She says, even boxing and MMA, you have weight classes to make a fair fight. That, Megan, I, I love that. I think that's perfect. If you want to talk about equal representation, what about this quote from the exact Oregonian article she's referring to? It would dismantle, and this is a quote from the Oregonian, it would dismantle an existing house district with the highest portion of Latino residents in the state. 
we're talking about fairness here, people. So sorry, Rick, but history shows that your expectations are not realistic. Also, hi, Shelly. Uh, thank you for helping with the firearm education bill we tried to get passed a couple of years ago. Um, Robert, my expectations are not. Um, but you know what? That's why I ran for public office and I'm not doing it again. I have been feeling that we are so close to flipping to a red state now. I know why it didn't happen. Nothing fair about it. Thanks for confirming that for me, Shelley and Rick. Um, who's somebody else on here in regards to the Republicans alternative solution. Okay. Um, what does this mean? We're talking about fairness. So fairness only counts towards Republicans. No, I think fairness counts when we're talking about Oregonians. And right. I started the show by talking about the statewide. We really have to look at statewide races. And, and that, that I think to me, is absolutely the key. The the key is looking at these races and what those numbers look like. If we're if our major state races are around 50%, guys, that means something. If we have a statewide office just a few years ago with a Republican that won, that means something. Do we lean blue? Yeah, I I, I get it. I'm not saying that we don't. I'm not saying that the Republicans should take the supermajority. I'm saying that our last governor won with 50.1% of the vote, yet they hold all statewide offices and have a supermajority in both the House and the Senate. You can talk about fairness all day long and try to throw that back at me. That's not fair. And the only reason it's not fair is because, like you said, it's like we're boxing with one hand tied behind our back. Right. Well, I, I remember when I produced a, a documentary on Senator Mark Hatfield. Um, he said, you know what, Rick, back in the day, people gave me a pass on things because Oregonians, we were independent people. They'd say, OK, you don't have to agree with us on everything. And and he and Wayne Morris, Wayne Morris was a Democrat. Hatfield was a Republican. Wayne Morris supported Mark Hatfield over the Democrat running against Mark Hatfield because they both were against the Vietnam War when most Oregonians, 70 percent of Oregonians were supportive of the war. And we gave him a pass. And Mark Hatfield said that would never happen today. Oregon is not as red or not as blue as people think. And we're really a pretty even state, I think. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what we see because of cheating is one party always wins. And it's not healthy because look what's going on right now. We have no say in any of the mandates, anything going on. There's no one to control this. Um, and that's you know, it's, you know, it's funny. What, it made me remember something there were on, on Twitter, there were two uh, pictures side by side. It was the plan A and plan B congressional map. And it was the pizza slices, all roads lead to Portland map. And then the plan B that we put out that anyway, the comment on Twitter was plan B, which is, which was the Republicans one plan B looks more fair, but I prefer plan A, which I just thought was ironic, which is funny, right? They, they want, there's, there's so many people that, want a gerrymandered because they want their agenda pushed, but they also say, oh, that looks fair, but I want to push my agenda. Right. So it's almost like the means justify the ends, which is so wrong, which is so wrong. That just stood out to me as I'm looking through and I'm seeing what people are commenting on. Um, and, and, and then you see things like that and you understand, well, you don't understand why somebody says that or why somebody thinks that, but you then you understand how we got here. And that's unfortunate. Well, I, I see with, um, you know, when I ever I talk about rural Oregon and uh, you get people over there and, and, and they, you know, you'll say they don't feel represented and people you know, we'll say in the valley, we'll say, well, then they should just, you know, then they just need to say more or they can leave. And it's like these people are generations, like decades of family in these places and they don't want to leave Oregon. They are Oregon. 
but they've been so discounted by this system that is unfair Mm-hmm. to anybody. And I, I, and you know what, I think, um, that's what I think is so boss bothersome to people. Yeah. Um, Maze, yeah. you wrote a really long one on here. And if I put that up, we will, Shelly can go back and look at that and then answer okay. you on the thing. It's really, really long. Sadly, okay. the ballot harvesting and the recent extension. So this is a way that people can really, um, get involved and, 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 and it's tonight at five 30. Yeah. And we put the numbers up here, guys. And, and Matt Kendall uh, put, put the number up there so you can go right on there. You just wait in line. You'll see what, what happens. And then you can testify before this yeah. committee. Yeah, you just have to sign up before 530. As long as you sign up before 530, you'll receive a link. You can, you'll also receive a phone number. So you can dial in the phone number, you're given a code, and then you just stay on mute and you can listen to other people's testimony. They'll call you like it might say, you know, Shelly Bossart Davis is up next and on deck Rick Dancer. And so you know that you're coming up. And so then you can get off mute and you can say, um, co-chair, co-chair Bossart Davis and Salinas, Chair Taylor, thank you for the opportunity to testify. My name is, and then you just give your testimony. You can speak for 30 seconds. You can speak for two and a half minutes. And then you just say, thank you. And then you get off the phone. It's literally that simple. But if you go online, www.oregonlegislature.gov slash redistricting, and you scroll down, you'll see tonight at 5.30 p.m. um, that there's an opportunity to testify. But can I give you an example, Rick? Yes. So in my district, um, House District 15, Albany, Millersburg and Tangent and the acres of farmland surrounding it. That's how I always describe describe the district. It's kind of a little bit of a circle in the plan A and C of my district. One of the plans separated Millersburg from the top and the other plan took out Tangent from the bottom. And so for what one thing I did is I made sure that my community knew that and said, this is what plan A does, this is what plan B does. And because of that, we've had lots and lots, probably 30 plus people either testified live or submitted written testimony, which I haven't talked about yet, and said, these communities rely on each other. They go to the same school, they share water districts, they share a fire department. The city hall in Millersburg is actually an Albany um, address, which is, kind of funny. Um, These are the transportation links that keep them together. And that is very compelling um, testimony as to why they need to stay together, why representation matters for those communities to stay together. So that's just one example for my district that for people to see that, first of all, they have to see it and they have to, they have to say, hey, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. But if nobody, if they didn't take the time to look or to do something about it, that might've never changed. And so that's the other thing somebody can do is you can submit written testimony. And that is, if somebody puts it in the comments, is Oregon.redistricting, Oregon.redistricting at OregonLegislature.gov. And you literally just put in the subject line, congress- where, wherever you live, you can say tangent or Eugene, Oregon.redistricting at OregonLegislature.gov. Yes. In the subject line, say where you live, you email your testimony, thank you, and send it. That's it. Whatever you want to say is completely welcome. It can be two sentences 
or it can be three pages and you just email that in and the committee receives that and we look over all of the testimony. So that is another way for you to get your voice heard and for you to tell us your thoughts and that we are gonna accept written testimony until Monday night at uh, 8.30 p.m. Okay. Um, Kevin says Oregon's lost. I hate to say it, but every year it gets worse. And I've had other comments on it. People are making a, you know, points about unions and, and all kinds of stuff writing in here. And you guys and I, it's, you know, you all have valid ideas and complaints and stuff, but here's the deal. Um, you know, I, I think for too long, we've just kind of whined and, and I'm not calling you whiners. I'm just saying me involved too, but I, we have an opportunity to change something. And the only way our voice is going to be heard is if we, you know, my business coach pulled me aside, Shelly, this is like, we're going to do some counseling here. My business coach had to pull me aside one day and she says, you know, Rick, I think you're the problem. Um, you're telling the same old story over and over again. So what if we were to create a new Oregon story, a new story of Oregon, an Oregon that's fair and that represents rural people and urban people and millennials and boomers and everybody in between the green party what if we our new story about oregon is going to a not not back to an old oregon because then that brings up all kinds of other issues of you know the past let's start a new story about oregon where it is an independent state where people really do think for themselves and democrats can think like republicans or republicans can think like democrats but we work together to do something and this is an opportunity to do that, to start that conversation, because there's nothing worse than being negative Nancy or, you know, a Karen. I'm sorry if there's any Karens in my audience, but it's it's we need to be people that are going, let's find new ways to do things and not be anti. Let's be pro, you know, and I, I think we I, I really do feel positive about that. I know people know I'm moving and that kind of stuff. It's not because I've given up on Oregon. It's because I have to do this for my own mental health. But I'm still going to be on here fighting for Oregon always because I'm an Oregonian at heart. I was born here. But um, you can fight for this state from wherever you are. And I think fairness can happen if we change our story and and our these district lines, because these are important. This is like super important to make sure, you know, when I sit here and look over at you and who you represent, I'm thinking of that little lady that owns a shed cafe. Mm -hmm. um, yep. The, the people that own that out there on those combines outside of Albany, um, Tangent, you know, driving through and seeing all those people out there in Tangent and those tractor companies and all that stuff. There's, these are all Oregonians. These are people who, who deserve to have their voice heard mm -hmm. and, you know, take a few minutes of your day tonight and, and comment. That could be good. You know, Rick, it, the comment that said Oregon is lost, it just that we were talking a little bit before this started, that makes me so sad. I mean, it really, truly makes me so sad. I'm a I'm a born and raised Oregonian. Um, this is this is where our roots are. This is where my husband and I choose to run businesses and raise a family. This is where we choose to be. We're a farm family. And so when we say it's rooted, it's you know a little bit different than some because we can't pack up the grassy fields and the orchards and, and take them somewhere else. But I will say this, when he says it gets worse every year, um, there's a lot of people that I think are noticing. And um, last year we picked up a seat in the house. Um, we're on a trajectory that's going the other way. I'm just going to simply put it. We have an amazing um, people in our House Republican Caucus with an incredible um, leader. You've had, put her on the show before, Christine Drazen, and yeah. an amazing team. And so um, 
I ask people not to give up on it. I say get more involved. Um, that is so important. More people talking. I mean, for the entire congressional district four, I think I just looked, we have 35 people signed up for tonight. I guarantee you there are more concerned people in congressional district four than 35 people to sign up and give testimony tonight. If right. there were 200, and that's not even a lot of people, 150 more people, that would send a huge just reverberation through the Capitol. I mean, it's do not give up on it. Do more. And Macy, I don't know if that's how you say your name, um, but let me, and you can correct me, please do, because I don't want to say it wrong, but you say it's a great idea, but I feel your fan base isn't really for that. Um, I think what you also have to understand is you're here. And so I count you as one of my fan base and you and I probably don't agree on some of this, but there's a lot of people that come on here. I, people have the wrong idea about what the fan base is. I have people on here who want change and they want something to happen. And so th th even that comment may, and I'm not, I'm not picking on you, but even that comment is, is kind of sticking. Uh, it, 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 we're going back to a label. That's not part of the new story. That's the old story. And I want to prove that to you because right down here, another comment came on here from Mitch Hannon. And I know Mitch and he's, you know, he's diehard guy. And he says, love it. Let's do it. So that's like my, it. that's my fan base, Macy. And, and you're wrong. People are willing to do this. If we can reach across the aisle and be kind to one another and just let each other talk and be part of this. We're going to pioneer. Mitch says pioneering a new a new future. Um, oh, there we go. Good. So I like Maisie. Uh, Maisie. You like, Maisie. Uh -huh. Okay. I can leave off. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what? You know what's difficult. And I was just talking about this earlier today. First of all, I'm I'm, I'm at the Capitol right now. Um, we are working on redistricting nonstop. Harvest hours are bad, but I'm like I thought harvest hours were over. But it's basically harvest hours in the redistricting process right now. So I am going to also be working on men my mental health, but after redistricting. So sometime in October, I'm going to, I'm with you. I'm going to be working on that too. But, um, you know, we haven't mentioned COVID at all, getting along, talking to one another, listening to one another, man, it's been tough this last year and a half. I, what we were talking about earlier today is going through that long session here in the Capitol without the public with, trying to work together, but not seeing one another. I mean, I've been here before for this is my third year. And that first year in the lounge, in the hall, outside our offices, in the elevator, as we're on the house floor, we had seats next to one another that we were constantly talking, constantly. We didn't all get along all the time. We didn't all agree on everything. But in the middle of a floor session, I could go over and talk to somebody about a bill or about an amendment or about an idea or about a problem in my district. We couldn't do that. And it it hurt us. It hurt all of us, um, it, it, not just in the Capitol, but all of the people that we represent. And I truly believe it was terrible policy. I think that we'll be fixing things a lot in the future. And there are so many new um, members, especially on the Democrat side, because I knew all of our Republican members that I haven't even ever had a conversation with. How awful is that? I mean, we yeah. might know each other's name. We might say hi to one another. We know that's happening in schools. We know that's happening in businesses across the state and across the nation. Just that relationships matter. It matters with your elected officials and matters between us and matters with our kids and their friends. And 
we're just working to get through that. I know, but I know that it's affected everybody. It's affected us here in the state house. So Macy, you said, but why don't you mention the Latinos working in rural areas who also live there? Um, I'm not sure what you mean. We, we're not discounting them at all. And I want them to have a voice just as much as anyone else. So I, I hope that, that you can explain that to me. And you said, that's what I mean. I just hear one side of the story. Um, what I'm doing now with my show is I already know what's happened and I know what the Democrats have done for the last few years. And I don't normally blame a party. Well, I, I, I blame, you know, who I really blame us Oregonians. We've been apathetic. We haven't paid attention and we've allowed this to happen. And now we're waking up and it's time to get that to change. And that's what I'm after. If a Democrat representative wants to come on here and explain to me why they've cheated for 40 years, I'd be happy to have them on. But I doubt if someone's going to come on and really do that because how are they going to explain that? So it's kind of that that whole thing. And then, Robert, you said I am still cheating on the or chewing is what you said later on the fact that we're expecting ethical behavior from Democrats. Um, yeah. You know what, Robert, though, that doesn't help. Um, at that point, we, we, we have to have, um, we got to start over. If we're going to start a new story. We got to start it over. So wouldn't that be cool? Shelly, wouldn't this be awesome if you could just erase all the lines and just start completely over and go, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it, right? And do this and make it and really make it fair. And could you imagine what Oregon, I, I mean, that all of a sudden the, the people in Rome, Oregon are going, oh my God, I heard the echo. I used my voice, it went to Salem and I heard it come back. Um, that would be the best Oregon ever. And so this is the beginning of that process. They're not gonna allow us to do that, but this is part of the thing. So you guys can get on there and you can go in there and you can try to make a change. And But if for us to throw up our hands again and say, well, you know, it's never gonna change. Those politicians are all like this. Well, you, you met Shelley and and um, Phil Kiesling um, it was a politician. And there's been some great politicians, Wayne Morse, um, Mark Hatfield, Tom McCall. Um, there's just been some great people running the state. And we need to go back and, and get a re start electing people like that again and, and see Oregon change again. Shelly, so thank you so much. Um, I know you You've been in like back-to-back -back sessions. She and I text each other. She's in a meeting probably going, oh God, here we go again more. So we're texting each other, it's all going. But I appreciate you. I appreciate your service and I appreciate your serving on this committee with all the other Democrats and Republicans and going through this stuff. And then coming on and explaining to our, um, our audience a little bit more about what this is. I think it's really important and um, I'm glad you're there. So. Absolutely. Uh, easy, easy to find on Facebook. If there's any questions or want me to explain something or, or put, you know, that that website out there or the email, find me on Facebook and um, I'll get your questions answered. And Shelly, just so you see, go back to the beginning. Someone had come on early on. I didn't put it up because we were talking and said, I've been trying to get a hold of your office and nobody's calling me back. So just so you'll see it up there and um, and you can. Make sure also, you, you look at that and a blanket response is, I am telling you that redistricting is kicking my butt, people. I promise <laughs> that I will get to it. <laughs> and at least they found you this way. So, and you got a lot of fans out there. All right. Um, uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being there. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. All right, see you later. All right, you guys. So there you go. That's where the rubber hits the road. Um, this is how you make change. And I mean, seriously, can you dream with me? I mean, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm moving on, but, um, I think 
that there is some great hope here. Um, and it's going to take time. It took us 40 years to get here. And now fairness is, is a tough thing to find anymore. But if we keep our focus on it and what we want and that we don't hate anyone, but instead we want to make sure that our voice is heard and it's not that they're the bad guy and we're the good guy. Um, I think the good guy is somewhere in the middle, but we need to get back to the middle um, and find them. Um, I was telling my wife the other day, um, you know, when we first moved to Eugene, the sign of a, a hippie and a Democrat, and I use both, I have lots of friends in both communities, um, was an old shitty Volvo uh, with smoke coming out the back and bumper stickers that read, kill your TV, don't trust authority, don't trust your government and coexist. Um, that now is a Republican car. The only bumper sticker on that Volvo that would not be a Republican would be the coexist, everything else. And so what's happened is the two parties have gone so far to the other side, like that, boom, that they become each other. Think about it. The Democrats are now the ones saying, no, trust this, go, go do this, follow what they tell you. That used to, when I first came to this town, now they were the radical people. And now these Republicans have become the radical. And I'm not saying either one's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how fickle it is. Um, talk about your standards, you know. So anyway, um, think about that. And uh, please get on there tonight and, and even submit written testimony, like she said, like Shelly said we could do. Um, yeah, like as you can tell, this is one of my favorite topics because I think it really is a life changer for Oregon if people would understand it better and get behind it and see how unfair this really is. Because I live in Camp Creek, Oregon, and I am my vote is being watered down by gerrymandering on that map up in the top of the little corner up there. I am now being, all my vote doesn't even matter because I got tied in with a neighborhood that's not a community of interest with my community and my neighborhood. And that's what has to stop. And the only way it's gonna stop is if you and I get involved. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday with a full line of shows next week. Um, sure to challenge you, sure to touch you, and for sure it's going to make you think.